You are listening to audio from New Life Foursquare. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org. All right. Well, good morning, New Life. It's good to be here this morning. Um, man, it's August. Can you believe it? Summers feels like it's just blowing by. I know my kids are starting school in a couple of weeks. Boo, I heard that, right? <laughs> All of our VBS activities are over. It's amazing how much we did last month. Um, you guys know what VBS stands for, right? Vacation Bible School. But if you're involved in VBS from the beginning, from the planning stages to the, uh, the prepping stages to the execution stages, if you've done VBS like a whole lot, like we thank God for our volunteers who showed up for those two days, but man, if you worked for VBS from June or May all the way through VBS, it is not a vacation, folks. And so I needed a break. And I'm, I'm so grateful that last week I got to take a break. Our pastors are kind of rotating our breaks during the summer so we can have some time to refresh. Uh, but last week I was able to go with some families here at New Life and we went camping. Uh, we went to a lake in Central California and it was nice to be offline, no emails. You couldn't text me, couldn't bother me. Uh, I had no internet, no distractions, right? And so it was fun to just get away uh, with some families. So as soon as we got to this campsite, uh, we started setting up our tents. We started setting up our canopies, to, uh, this food canopy that we had. It was brand new. We were going to use it to cover the picnic table that was there on our campsite so that the food would be protected. And so I took this brand new box. I opened it. I took this canopy out. I glanced very briefly at the instructions, very briefly. And I started to put together. The, the, the box said 60-second setup, right? I was like, oh, cool. So five minutes later, I was struggling to snap on the legs of this canopy. And, and, and some of the other guys started helping. And there were six of us trying to put this thing together. And we were struggling. And I was like, man, this is defective. You should return it. Ten minutes later, someone had the idea to go back and look at the instructions only to find out that we had been putting this thing the wrong, together the wrong way. You know, usually you put together a canopy and the poles are on the inside or a tent. The poles are on the inside. Well, this thing, the poles are on the outside. So I was trying to put the poles on the inside and that's why it wasn't coming together. And so within two minutes after reading these directions, we finally were able to put this thing together. I think it was one of the ladies that was wise enough to tell us to go check the instructions. And of course, it looked like, it looked like that, right? They looked happy putting it together. We were not happy putting this thing together. But Caden, he just blurts out, my son, See, you guys should have just read the directions first. And as a parent, you just want to say, be quiet. But as a parent, you realize all these kids were watching us fail in our attempt to put this canopy together. And it taught us a great lesson. At least it taught me a great lesson. It was a humbling lesson that 
No matter how much you think you know something, no matter how much you think you can do it on your own, there's a reason that there are guidelines there. There's a reason that someone has taken time to put directions there. And if you only read it, if you take some time to do it the right way, you wouldn't be struggling. You wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be having this hard, difficult time. And so thank you kids for showing us uh, such a great lesson, a humbling lesson, that we ought to follow directions to as adults, right? Now our kids today are here, uh, parents are here, um, and I want to just leave this with you guys. This is a little thing that's not totally connected with our lesson today, but it is a lesson. Uh, we have guidelines that God has given us for our lives, and if we follow those guidelines, we'll be successful, and if we don't follow those guidelines, we will struggle and we will fail. And so we have the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me, right? And it stands for Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. So you can take that, write that down. I got some good kids in the front row writing everything that I say. But anyway, after this initial attempt uh, at putting up that 60-second canopy, um, we had a great time at our camp. And one of the highlights at our camp was my son, watching my son, Caden, um, he caught his first fish. And uh, we went out boating, we went out fishing, and for those of you who don't follow me on Facebook or Instagram, I don't think you could see it there, but there you go. That was a nice-sized catfish with Melly in the background. Uh, it was about 20 inches long, oh, 12 to 14 pounds. It was a nice big fish that snapped my fishing rod in half. And after that, I wasn't able to fish anymore because all I had left was this little kid Barbie fishing pole um, that Daphne was supposed to use. And I wasn't about to catch that kind of fish with this little dinky Barbie fishing pole, right? And so after that, of course, we ate it um, and it tasted good. Yes? Now, Obviously, a good lesson to learn when you teach your son to fish is, you know, Jesus told his disciples, I will make you fishers of men, right? So why don't you just tell someone today, hey, let's go fishing. Jesus wants to make us fishers of men. Well, anyway, speaking of fish, um, I'm going to be in another fish story this morning. And I know many of you are familiar with the story of Jonah. Yes? If you've been in Sunday school at all, you've probably run into this story and, and you've been told this story. 75% uh, of the Bible is written as a narrative, as a story. From beginning to end, the Bible is God's story. And so the book of Jonah falls into this category. It is a prophetic book, but if you read through this book, most of it is story and only just a little bit is prophecy. The prophecy is Jonah saying to Nineveh, in 40 days, you'll be destroyed. That's all the, the prophecy in this book, but most of it is narrative. And so what I'm going to do this morning is, is tell you the story from a first-person perspective. I'm going to take on the character of Jonah, and I'm going to tell you the story through his eyes. 
Um, if you want to read along with me, it's a, it's, it's, you can do that. Or you can read it later. It's only four chapters long. You can uh, read it in about 20 minutes. Uh, but most of you are familiar with this story. But from this story, I want us to pick up some lessons. Lessons from the belly of a fish. All right? So I'm going to just turn around real quick and get into character. I don't have a costume today, but I'll just take my glasses off. How about that? You ready? Are you ready? Oh, okay. All right, good morning, everybody. It looks like somebody here caught a fish. Yeah? Some, some brave young one caught this fish that I see right there. It's a nice-looking big fish. And you ate it too, huh? Anyone here like to eat fish? Yeah? Kids, you like to eat fish? Who hates fish? Who doesn't like fish? Who, yeah, a few of you. Who loves to eat fish? Yeah, a lot of you. I don't. I hate eating fish. I used to like eating fish. I don't anymore. There's no way you could ever put a fish in front of my face ever again. It disgusts me. Now, can you guys hear me? I know that my story has been told far and wide, especially to cute little children like we have in this room. Some people have heard my story and just called it a myth. Some people have confused me for other characters. Some have called me Ishmael, but that's a tale with a different whale. No, my name is Jonah, and I am from the northern kingdom of Israel. I'm a prophet of Yahweh. Now, most other prophets, when they get introduced, like, um, like Elijah or Elisha, they get introduced and people are like, wow, those prophets are, they, they did so many miracles. They performed so many signs and wonders. And then, and, and then prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel, they're like, wow, these prophets had so much to say. All their oracles were very important. You had to listen to them. But then when, when they introduced me, ladies and gentlemen, here's Jonah, the prophet, People are expecting me to show up like a marine biologist with a pet named Shamu. And I'm like, no, I'm a real prophet. I'm a prophet of Yahweh. I was called by Yahweh to deliver the word of the Lord. I prophesied during a time in the northern kingdom of Israel uh, during the reign of King Jeroboam II. King Jeroboam II, you might have heard of him. He was a wicked king. In fact, every king from the northern kingdom of Israel was evil. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. There was no good king among them. So parents, I got a tip for you right now. If you want to name your child after a king of Israel or after a biblical character, don't pick a name of the northern kings of Israel. No, don't pick any of them. They're horrible people. Trust me. Some of you just might want to Name your kid Jeroboam. Don't do it. He was bad. He was wicked. But now, when I was prophesying during this time, God showed favor to my people, to Israel, during this wicked king's reign. I prophesied that the borders of Israel would be restored and that her boundaries would be expanded 
And during this time, uh, he's, God spared my people from her enemies, from her worst enemy, the Assyrian people. No doubt, I was enjoying my prophetic calling. And in spite of the king's evil ways, my people enjoyed a season of peace and God's providence. But one day, one day, my life as a prophet to, took the most unforgettable, unimaginable twist because I found myself waking up in the weirdest, most bizarre, most disgusting place you could ever imagine. It felt like I was stuck in a nightmare. You ever have a dream that you just wanted to wake up? You couldn't wake up, you wanted to snap out of it? But I wasn't dreaming. I was in a dark place. It was wet. It was cold. And it reeked. It stunk. It smelled like concentrated fish sauce. I felt like I was covered in caviar. And so it didn't take me a long time to figure out where I was. Now, many of you, again, you've heard my story and you would argue, oh, was it a fish? Was it a whale? Was it a shark? Was it a sea monster? Well, here's the thing. Let me put an end to that debate. In my day, if it looked like a fish, if it swam like a fish, if it smelled like a fish, guess what we called it? It was a fish. It was a big fish, bigger than that fish that this here person caught. Now, I was in the belly of this creature. It was massive. It could have made tons of sashimi. Who likes sashimi? Could have made a lot of pokey. Who likes pokey? I don't. I already told you that. I hate fish. It was a massive fish. But why was I there? Why, wasn't, why was I in the middle, in the inside of this thing? Where was I going? And then it hit me. I remembered. I had been on a ship. And I was thrown off this ship during a perilous storm. And I had been sinking to the bottom of the sea, wrapped in seaweed, holding my breath, waiting for my doom. I was as good as dead. And I wanted to die. I told those sailors on the ship to throw me overboard. Why? Because I had disobeyed the word of the Lord. You see, God called me to be a prophet. He called me to be a prophet, not just for my own people, but to deliver a message to my enemies, to the Ninevites. They were my enemies. This was Nineveh, the enormous capital city of Assyria. And God told me to warn them about their wickedness. But you know what I was thinking? I was thinking that these Ninevites, these enemies of my people, they did not deserve a chance to hear the word of my God. And so I ran away from my calling. I went down to Joppa and I paid the fare to get on the first ship that was sailing to Tarshish. I don't even know where Tarshish is. It's that way. Nineveh was that way. I was trying to get as far away as I could from where God told me to go. Now, not only did I try to run, I tried to hide. So I went down to the bottom of the boat and I hid there so that nobody could find me and nobody could bother me. I blatantly disregarded the word of the Lord. 
I rejected my own calling as a prophet of Yahweh. And I chose my nationalistic pride and my ethnic prejudices above the covenant promise of God. You see, as a prophet, I was supposed to be an instrument of his covenant and the covenant blessing of Israel. I was supposed to take that blessing and bring it to other nations. Imagine, God wanted to use me to be an instrument of blessing to my, to my enemies. And I thought, why would God even pay attention to these pagan nations? Why should I allow them, my enemies, to hear the word of the Lord? They, they wanted to kill us and destroy us and enslave us. They sacrifice to idols and they worship false gods. They are not like us. Why should, I get a why should they get a chance to hear God's word? But when you think about it, when I thought about it, weren't we the same way? Weren't my people the same way? We rejected God. We were worshiping false idols. Our king, look at our king. He was, he was worshiping other gods. He was doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And so didn't our nation as well deserve the wrath of God? And yet he blessed us for a season? God relented of his destruction and he gave us peace? God showed mercy and compassion on my people? And then he wanted to show that same mercy to my enemies. And I thought, no way. No way. You see, as I sat there in the belly of the fish, reflecting on what I had done, I learned several lessons that I want to share with you today. Lessons about Yahweh God. Lessons about myself and about us. And so here's the first lesson that I learned. Yahweh is a pursuing God. He's a pursuing God. No matter how much I tried to forsake the calling that he placed on my life, I couldn't run away. I couldn't hide from the presence of the Lord. After I tried to run away from my calling, after I rejected God's word, Yahweh came after me in hot pursuit. He sent a great wind upon the sea, a mighty tempest that threatened to break apart the ship that I was on. And all the sailors on that ship were afraid. They were crying out to their own gods. These were pagan people. They all had other gods. And they were hurling cargo off the ship to lighten the load. And as they were finding, get, grabbing more cargo, they found me there at the bottom of the boat. And they said, hey, why don't you pray to your God? Pray to him that we would be saved. And they cast lots and the lot fell on me. And they said, you must be the cause for this great storm. And they asked me, who are you? Where are you from? What did you do? And immediately I had to just be honest and I said, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord. I fear Yahweh, the God of the sea and the dry land. And that's all I had to say for them to believe in my God. And they said, what are we going to do? How do we make this storm stop? And I told them, you got to throw me overboard. I am the cause of this storm. And as the storm grew fiercer and the storm grew stronger, they didn't want to throw me overboard, but they 
They made a decision to do so, and they cried out to my God, and they said, Lord, we don't want his blood on our hands. And they threw me overboard. And as I landed into the sea, the wind, the rain ceased, and the ship was saved. God heard their cry, these pagan sailors, and they honored and he honored their faith. Yahweh pursued me that day. Maybe Yahweh is pursuing you today. I was called to be his prophet, but even though I I turned away and I tried to forsake his calling on my life, there was no way I could ever run away or hide from God. He sees all things. He knows all things about us. There's nothing that escapes his divine awareness. And God did whatever it took to pursue me and bring me back to him. And I'm so grateful he did. The second lesson I learned is that my God, Yahweh, is a saving God. I have no right to choose who gets saved. God didn't have to pursue me. He didn't have to save me, but he did. And as I sank to the depths of the sea, God appointed a great fish to swallow me up and spare my life. So for three days and three nights, I was a pathetic prophet, a a passenger in the belly of this fish. And during the wildest ride of my life, I could only wonder why the Lord didn't just allow me to die. Why did he save me? I deserved death. I disobeyed his command. I fled from his presence. But he saved me anyway. And so from the belly of the fish, I prayed to the Lord. And I said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters were at my throat. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Yahweh, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. That was my prayer that day. But if you notice, my prayer was kind of self-centered. Yes, the Lord did send a great fish that day to save my life. I was drowning not only in the sea, but in my blatant sin. And yet God rescued me. It didn't occur to me to thank God that he saved also those pagan sailors 
God had honored what little faith they had and delivered them from certain doom when they called to him for help. You see, salvation comes from the Lord. It's in the hands of God. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from you. You are not a savior, nor can you prevent others from receiving salvation. Only God can save because that is who he is. That is the God we serve, Yahweh, a saving God. He commissioned me. He wanted me to be an instrument of salvation to the pagans in Nineveh. I didn't want to do it. It was, just, it was just as if I was holding the salvation of Nineveh in my own hands. But instead I learned that I did not have the right. My duty was to obey God's command and to be, be his prophet and to declare salvation for others, a way of salvation for them. And so you and I must obey our God-given calling. So I ask you, what has God called you to do? Are you running away from that calling just as I did? Did God want to use you as an instrument for his salvation? Salvation? He's the one who saves, but he can do it through us. So if God is calling you today to salvation, receive it. And if God is calling you today to be an instrument of salvation to those outside of this building, then go and do it. Go and be that instrument of salvation, even to your enemies, those who, do, who are not like you. Because our God is a saving God. The third lesson I learned is that Yahweh is a compassionate God. God wants us, his people, to reflect his heart of mercy and compassion for those who are not like us. For those who do not know him. Those who are not in a covenant relationship with him. After three days and three nights in the belly of that fish, God commanded the fish to vomit me out on dry land. He gave me another chance to show compassion. So you can imagine what I looked like when I was vomited out on dry land. I must have looked awesome. My clothes were bleached from the stomach acid. My skin had spots all over. My hair was gone, and it's still gone. It hasn't grown back ever since. And boy, imagine what I smelled like. You guys like the smell of bagoong and patis? Yeah? Imagine washing your clothes in that. It's nasty. And so as I was walking around town, clothes tattered and torn, skin bleached from head to, dough, to toe, smelling like fermented fish, people had to pay attention to me. They had to, 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 to notice, what was this guy all about? And God gave me a second chance, and he gives us a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance. Isn't that an awesome thing that he does? Are you glad that when you mess... When you messed up, he hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't given up on you, but he gives you another chance. 
And so he told me again, go to Nineveh and declare to them the word of the Lord that in 40 days they will be destroyed. And I did. I did what the Lord called me to do. I went to the great city of Nineveh and I preached a message of doom and destruction. In 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. But deep down inside, I wanted my prophecy to come true. These were my enemies. And you know what happened when I delivered this message? The pagans, these enemies of my people, they actually believed. They actually believed my message. And guess what they did? They repented. I didn't do any signs and wonders. I didn't preach this nice, feel-good, hopeful message. They took my message of doom. And they said, we got to take God seriously. And they repented. I didn't care for them. I didn't even want them to do it, but they did. Because like I said, my God is a pursuing God. And my God is a saving God. And my God is a compassionate God. And when these people believed, when they repented, God honored that small step of faith. And he relented from the calamity that he was going to bring upon them. And the people of Nineveh were spared. Now, as a prophet of God, how do you think I responded to God's compassion upon my enemies? I was mad. I was furious. I couldn't understand why God would be so merciful. Why would God be so compassionate on such an abhorrent people? They were terrible. But I knew that this was the character of God. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And that's why I didn't want to obey him in the first place. Because I knew that if they repented, God would have offered them his mercy and his grace. And now that he has forgiven my enemies, I really wanted to die. When you hear my story and you read about what I did and what I said and my attitude, you'd be wondering, what's up with this prophet Jonah? I mean, what's eating Jonah? I mean, the fish ate Jonah, but what's really eating me up on the inside? Why did I have such a bad attitude? Here's how bad my negativity was. You guys have a favorite verse in the Bible? You guys have like a life verse that you go by? It's a positive one. Usually it's one full of blessing it's one that, 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 that declares God's promises on your life, right? If you read the book I wrote, two times I listed my life verse in that book. And this was it. This is how negative I was. My life verse was, it is better for me to die than to live. It is better for me to die than to live. You're not going to sell that on a mug or a bookmark. You don't want that life verse like on your bumper sticker. That is not a good life verse. But it was mine. And that's how negative I was because of God. God had compassion on my enemies. But look, I realized that that great fish was the instrument of my salvation. God sent it to me. 
And then God sent me to be an instrument of salvation for the people of Nineveh, my enemies. God gave me a lesson that day about compassion. What right did I have to control the fate of, his, of this wicked city of Nineveh? God extended his grace to them, and so should I. And you see, you and I, we're no different than these Ninevites. We're no different from Jonah. We too have done evil in the sight of the Lord. We too have worshipped idols and turned away from the true God. We have failed in our faith. We've rejected our calling. And yet God, who is slow to anger and abounding in faithful love, pursues you and he saves you and he shows his compassion to you. Did you deserve it? None of us do. And yet he has given to it given it to us anyway. So friends, I stand before you here today telling you that this book that was written after me, it's not about a fish. It's not about my message. It's not even about missions, really. It's primarily about the character of Yahweh God. It's, he's a God who demands justice. He's a God who demands a punishment for our sins. And yet, in his great love and mercy, he shows compassion and he offers forgiveness to those who do not deserve it. Not just the pagans outside of this building, but to you and I. Today, friends, you as the church are under a new covenant. God gave you his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to save you from your sins so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be a part of God's family. And so even today, God is pursuing you when you go astray. He is slow to anger. He is patient with you. And he is rich in love. And nobody deserves his compassion. Nobody deserves his grace. We cannot buy it. We cannot earn it because we've failed him over and over and over again. But God delights, he delights in giving us a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. And he honors your faith when we respond to his love. So today he is calling you and I Stop running, stop hiding, and take a step back in the right direction. Jonah 3 verse 10 says, When God saw how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. So today, my friends, God pursues you and I, and he, saw, he offers salvation through Jesus Christ and he's offering you a new chance to follow him if you've been running away amen? amen would you stand with me and let me pray for us here if you've been running away from God and you know who you are if you've been trying to hide from him and pretending that he doesn't see 
you want to experience his love and mercy and compassion, you're not alone. I stand here with you. God wants us to come back to him. God wants us to respond to him. He pursues you. He pursues me. Thank you for listening to audio from New Life Foursquare, located in Harbor City and Norwalk, California. Feel free to make copies of this audio to share with others, but please do not charge for those copies or change the content in any way without permission. For more information, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org.